You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Everybody, welcome to Reporting is Eligible. I'm Paul Noonan. Do you remember when we used to start this podcast? And I would tell what number it was every time. Kind of miss that. I think it's maybe my fault we lost. Um, <laughs> both, both for that and also for putting the lateral thing into the world. Like, there's a part of me in the back of my brain that thinks if I never started talking about laterals, that the Lions would not have run that lateral play, and then they wouldn't have picked up a first down, and the Packers would have gotten the ball back, and all would be right with the world. So, sorry. Are about you that. aware of Are you aware of the Bader Meinhof phenomenon? Uh, where you think that you are more competent than you are? No, the no, that's um, uh, that's Dunning Kruger. That's uh, <laughs> that is Dunning Kruger. That's correct. Uh, Bader Meinhof phenomenon is when you are made aware of a new piece of information and suddenly it becomes more relevant. Yeah, like when you buy a car and you suddenly see that car everywhere. Yep, yep, yep. It's I'm sure that is the case. And like we we started talking about it, and Drew McGarry wrote an article like immediately afterwards. But uh, I am hundred percent sure that there aren't any more laterals this year than there have been in the past, and it's just noticeable. You're right about that. Though I actually um, I was playing with Chat GPT this week, and because it's awesome, and uh, I, like in 2018 I, I did that project where I figured out the EPA of all of the plays after timeouts. Um, to, sh- to prove that the Packers were wasting timeouts and that Andy Reid was awesome. And it took me like months to learn how to do R and code it and stuff like that. And uh, I asked ChatGPT if it could just write the R code for that. And it did it in 35 seconds. And uh, so <laughs> now I think I can do a lot of other stuff. So I actually will find out if there are more laterals or not because that's easy. Um, and I'm JR, yes. but you can call yes. me Jeff <laughs> <laughs> God, I was so hoping you would do that. I, I was too. <laughs> Yeah, we should maybe we should maybe we should do one last introduction here, even though I'm sure most people who are listening still listening about Packers content. They know who we are. Yeah. They do. They know who we are. We probably should. I did me uh, in urban Wauwatosa as you. Hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Aaron Rouse yeah. has won an election in Virginia. Former Packers cornerback yeah. is See, now an elected. Uh, holy crap. Elected to the state Senate district. Seven in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, that happened like as we're recording. So yep. I just want to point that. Out. <laughs> Seems like the office. Dude. The office has ruined state senatorship for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a lot of things. Um, this was this was the first time I've been to Lambeau Field to watch a Packers game in 15 years as a fan. 
Uh, I figured this out. I think this is accurate. I'm not actually 100% sure the last time for sure. But uh, 15 years, Froze, my wife, Alliance fan, had a great time. Just a tremendous time. <laughs> Loved every minute of it. Uh, you know, like there were some ebbs and flows for her as well. But uh, she is someone who was not as crushed as, as I thought she'd be when the Seahawks won to eliminate the Lions from the playoffs. That was as we were walking into Lambeau Field. She then uh, joined her Lions pride as they uh, as they descended to the lower level of the bowl after the game was over. The Lions players were fired up. The Lions fans were fired up. It was quite the scene. Honestly, it was kind of like you. If I tried to remove myself from the moment and was like, this is kind of amazing. If I was a Detroit fan, I'd feel really, really great about tonight. Uh, of course, I'm not a Detroit fan, but my, <laughs> my wife is happy, and that's what matters. Um, how was the crowd? So it's very – having not been there in 15 years, it's difficult for me to truly assess what the crowd was like. The crowd around me seemed fine. I mean, I was chiseled into like a sardine, you know, because – Chiseled into my seat because everybody's wearing several layers. It's, you know, it, it, the seating is what it is. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I couldn't speak for them. I was never as emotion. I was not emotionally engaged into that game. I was not terribly sad that it was over. I was not terribly surprised when the lions, you know, clinched it. Like it, nothing felt, nothing felt just emotion. The, 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 the one exciting moment was when he threw a bomb and I could tell that Christian Watson was probably going to, was going to have a really good chance to catch it. And he did. That was the one exciting aspect I would say, but otherwise I, I wasn't personally feeling it. I don't know if that speaks to the crowd around me or just my own mental state or trying not to be over the top Packers fan while, uh, you know, I'm not an over the top Packers fan anyway, to yeah. be completely honest, but then, but then you've got, you know, my wife is the lions fan and I'm trying to be courteous. Sure. So, uh, so yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I did not, that was not an electric fan experience for me. I'll, that's all I can say. It's just my personal thing. It was not an electric fan experience for me. I think the crowd was okay. Okay. I watched it in a bar, so it seemed subdued, but we also didn't have the sound on really well. So not hard to tell from my vantage according point. To the, according to the Twitter.com, it was a pretty lively crowd at first. Ah, okay. Also, Matt, did you introduce yourself? My name is Matt. But you can call me Matt. Uh, Matt Packing. We mean we were a general Twitter rapper. Just making sure. Also, uh, I was on Last Call Lambo on Thursday. Yes, you were. Which, yes. Nice work. Yeah, if you... It, yeah, if people aren't aware of that, it's it's essentially a drinking game, um, <laughs> <laughs> like a real one, not like when I tell people to drink. Um, and we made bets, and I lost two of them. Uh, one was uh, score prediction, the other being that the Packers would win. But the third bet I won, I bet that Jamal Williams would uh, break the uh, Barry Sanders touchdown record. He needed two touchdowns to do it. He got them. So I am paying up here since I'm not going to be on Thursday. <laughs> All right. This shot number one. Oh, oh, geez. Okay. This podcast just got, well, uh, shot number two, I guess. That did you a... parlay that with Quay Walker getting ejected? For the I second? did not parlay <laughs> that with Quay Walker getting ejected. But that is, um, it's two shots of tin cup, 10 year bourbon. You guys are my witnesses since yeah. it's an audio podcast. <laughs> He's doing it. <laughs> you no, know, you don't have to take I, shots on an I just audio. Did, no, I just did. I just did both of them. And now I'm going to enjoy the bourbon that I just shot. Okay. All right. Oh, God. Um, so I, I thought the Lions played very well. Um, it didn't, it wasn't like a, wow, there's playmakers all over the field other than Jameson Williams someday. Uh, but, uh, it, it just comes down to like, like Penny Sewell is a monster. Yep. Their, their, their offensive line is really good. And, uh, I mean, like, I, I don't want it to, I'm not even going to try out effort or anything, but like the Lions Honest to God, they just kind of wanted it more, yeah. you know, like they were the aggressor. This was and a trench game. Up. It totally was the effort trench game and their trenches were better uh, on both sides of the ball. And th that was really what decided it. I it was such a, 
like last year when the Packers shat the bed in the playoffs, um, it, like Dennis Kelly could take a lot of the blame. The offensive line was all beat up. Like they just got manhandled here. This was the offensive line that they kind of want uh, for the most part. Everybody was healthy and playing, and they got owned. Like the the Packer offensive line was just terrible and the Lions offensive line was just they were after it they were mauling people um like Jamal Williams and Andre Swift each had like six double di- like carries that gained double digit yards it was insane they were they were they were outstanding <laughs> also, they deserve it the Lions have a pretty good offensive line and a terrible right guard and they knew how to disguise him <laughs> hit him yep. yeah so the Packers don't know how to disguise their terrible I guess when you have two bad linemen, you can't really disguise it. No, no, but the, the, in this game, they didn't, you know? They have in the past. They are bad at well, normal. Runyon, Runyon and Myers were both uh, less than serviceable, I would say, in this game. They but were, I don't know but if that's they're just... not normally. They're normally yeah. fine. John Runyon was <laughs> great this year. He allowed, like, zero pressures until this game, and he allowed two in this game. Fair. Does he get credited with the uh, pressure on the final interception? Um, I don't know. I, um, I think AJ Dillon actually just eats that whole one. Right. Te- like technically, it is AJ was uh, supposed to have the blitz pick up and missed it, but I don't know if they credit alignment. I with... think if you're grading this game, it's all Dillon, and like you, you can't put a pressure on alignment there. That wasn't his responsibility. If they do that, that's stupid. Um, fascinating to me that in a game at home with playoff implications, win or go home, you could have two personal, like unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. That's baffling to me. Obviously, insane, insane I, penalties. Not normal. Not like right. Okay, Rasul's was normal. No, it wasn't. It, was it wasn't not normal. Okay, so here's here is the true story of what happened with Rasul Douglas. Well, he tweeted it. So, no, well, did Rasul tweet? I don't follow. Yeah, Rizzle. he tweeted about knocking the ball away. And well, like, go ahead, explain it. Yes, explain. You, so, you so seen. the the play is blown dead. Razul walks up and he wants to stop the ball from being snapped because he doesn't want the kicker to get a practice kick. Yes, correct. To allow the icing of the kicker to actually work. He he goes to stop the ball. The center snaps it anyway. He gets pushed by a lineman. He turns around, pushes the lineman by hitting him in the face, flat palms him right in the dome uh, penalty. Yes. But on the, on the TV coffee, all you see is a penalty after he touches the ball. And people are like, what the hell's going on? And then they're on the broadcast going well there were whistles i don't understand what's <laughs> but okay that's fine but him doing that in the first place was insane like yeah, I... it was him casually walking down the middle of the line of scrimmage and casually whacking the ball away is insane not, look the, I, the no, best I... way to get away with something like that is to act like you've been there or act like you belong there and so him casually walking down the line i've never seen anybody do that before <laughs> this was not a good time to start and again <laughs> if you're gonna do that and get pushed uh, the proper response is to fall down don't on the pl- ground really hard and not retaliate <laughs> back. So again, yeah, the, insane. the Packers don't take dives like everyone else takes dives and the Packers don't go. Oh, <laughs> it turned a difficult field goal into an easily made field goal. Yes. And uh, 47 at Lambeau on this day was not. A well, and he all. he had already missed from 46. Yes, he had right. so. badly. Um, just, you just can't do it that I don't, I don't care what his circumstances were or what he thought, but like, honestly, I, I agree, I'm with you, Paul. I think it's too much of a risk. There's no reason to get in there and try to just, I, I get what you're trying to do. Stop them from getting a free, you know, a practice kick, but like, I don't know. That's, that's like, that's like technically in, in the zipper merge, you should go both lanes to the very end. And, and nine <laughs> times out of 10, I do that. But when I see a crazy person like driving next to me and they're, they're big, you know, souped up. For you know, massive truck 
I'm, I'm not going to cut that person off at the last second. It's just smart. It's just this is not the situation. Yep. I feel like in this situation, as important as this game was, he couldn't let that happen. And then Quay Walker pushing. Obviously, he pushed the trainer, and and he's gotten a lot of shit for that. Deservedly, he has apologized. It was an acceptable apology. Good apology. Yeah. For everybody who apologizes in the future, that's how you should apologize. I was was stupid. It was my fault. I'm sorry I hurt that guy. I'm sorry I hurt my team. And I won't do it again. That's how you should apologize. All well and good. However, this is the second time he's been ejected, so he should already be mindful of this, that this is something that he needs to be wary of and careful of. It was... I mean, a reprehensible action given given where we are in the NFL and also obviously in the game, it was costly. And then you're missing a defensive player for the second half of the game who is very important. I mean, obviously he's been up and down this year, but you can't you cannot be without him. No, you so can't. Uh, Quay probably would have been in the zone that the hitch that ended the game was caught. A hundred percent. Exactly what I thought when it happened. They could use one more linebacker right there yep. to keep that from so to that, keep that, that from being a problem. That likely would have been Quay's zone. Um, did you see the the tunnel video? Yeah, with him crying. Yeah, I saw it. Did you? I mean, you don't have to be a lip reader to see that he's saying something along the lines of like, "Why did I do this again?" Yeah, he says again, or "I did this before, or twice, something like he." Yep. He, it, yeah, it was very knives outy. It was you know ransom. I, or, no, okay, I no, haven't right. seen knives out. I'm I'm under the age of forty. Uh, <laughs> isn't that they say like the forty plus year old white guys? favorite movie uh, yeah i mean that checks out but also it's, <laughs> no, it's it's oppenheimer which hasn't come out yet but it will be 40 year old white guy's favorite movie yeah. um and, and, also, and i mean i can understand that he recognizes it in the moment and that's fine but he he needed to it's too late damage done you you, you well, screwed up and even, even besides the... quay not being there for the play that scored it turned a second and eight into a first and four and mm-hmm. if you hold them to a field goal there which on second and eight you're looking pretty good to get a good fourth down shot if nothing else like that's such a much better situation first and four they're just going to do what they do and ram it up the middle with jamal williams three times which they did and it worked so um it cost them heavily on that drive too yeah also that that just entire series of events uh jaron reed with the forearm to right. swift's face yeah Devonte wyatt getting Devonte wyatt getting in there was a problem yep and, and and that's the thing so quay pushes the official and then wyatt's first reaction is to chest bump the same guy <laughs> not good like, bad look like i get that you guys played together in college and we can ha- like no one believes the i was checking on swift thing right no i, d- I mean I, I i even if it's true like you're not throwing medical guys off of him, you know. Like, there was a there was a pause. It's not the a medical good guy elbows his yeah. way in. Quay looks at him for a second, then pushes him. Like, <laughs> like, like who did he think he was? A guy who ran in off the sideline? Like, what's the plausible explanation for this? There is not one. Now, to to crap on the people that say that this is a habitual thing of violence and he has aggressive outbursts and he's a danger to himself and others and he deserves a year suspension and all that other crap that's going around so with, you're crapping on the, Mike Tanier but that's yeah some yeah. crapping on Mike Tanier and his stupid hat and his terrible goatee uh-huh. um he refuses to talk about the fact that Quay's first instance was retaliation to a guy wearing uh not just street clothes it was a practice squad tight end who came up and pushed Quay from behind and he turned around and pushed him back. Yeah. Now don't push people in street clothes. Just there you go. Uh, um, I think it's, but, enough to, it's enough to say that there's context. There, there's context. Different there, yeah. situations. However, 
Um, it's box store. It's box score watching. Context he's, goes he's... both ways too, and Quay should be extra special careful because of that as well. Yeah. Mm. But but yeah, the first one it was just. Also, this is not the week to push medical right. personnel. No, right. it's really bad timing. Very bad timing. Yep. And I, I can I mean, I can forgive him in the moment for not being able to assess all of that in one in one fell swoop. But again, if you're just mindful of, of your tendencies, you, you just don't push people when you have a chance to get a penalty that could cost your team a win. And uh, that's, you know, you don't know if it directly cost them a win, but it definitely didn't help. Uh, also, you had the interceptions, which were one was overturned by a hands to the face penalty. Yeah, no, wait. Uh, no, that's what it was. Oh. I did not see that live. I never even saw a replay, but I, my understanding is not that they got a little bit of a gift there. Yeah, I don't think so. um, the Pride of Detroit guys all agreed that it was hands to the face and legitimate. Did so they I'm really? Okay. Yep. This was me watching in a bar again, but I was like, so you, you guys need that's to. A, that's a harsh call there. <laughs> every, okay. I'm of the other SB Nation blogs. I would say Pride of Detroit is the one I'm closest with. I have legitimate friends who write for Pride of Detroit. Go follow Jeremy. He's Detroit on Lion. Um, yeah. And he was straight up. He was like, I want to be upset, but those calls are legitimate. Okay. Yeah. And I know the holding that brought back the touchdown was, it sounded like that was legitimate in the moment as well. It was a, yeah, it was one... a, it was a rock bottom. He literally had arm around neck and choke slam. That one was sure. legit. It was one of those where you did that right in front of a ref. There's no way that they're not going to call it. Okay. Yeah. Definitely did not realize that until the play was long over that there was a flag at all in the stadium. <laughs> um, and, and then there's just this offense just doesn't have it. Didn't have it this year when they get into the red zone. They It's the RPO stuff. They, they gummed it up. They had a, a chance on the first drive to cash something in. They did not do it. Uh, they went away from Watson, which I don't know. Your mileage may vary on whether or not that's a good thing. I'm not sure, but like <laughs> it's definitely I, bad. It's definitely a bad it's thing. Just so wild that they can't score when they get down into that red zone. They just can't punch it in this year. They just couldn't punch it in. I, I haven't even started using past tense, but I should because uh, we'll, we'll talk about how past tense later on here. But uh, yeah. what's what Indeed. stage of grief are you in here? I'm just. Uh, uh, really quick on the the RPO stuff by the end zone, like I, I am actually pretty mad at Matt Lafleur for this particular one because everybody else has improved like to some extent over the course of the season. Like the defense had all their stupid brain farts and were hitting people for no reason, but the defense gave up twenty points to a really good offense. They played pretty well. Um, you know, Keyshawn Nixon has improved special teams. Special teams is generally better than it was. And they, they have this problem in the red zone where they're the 24th best team at turning red zone possessions into touchdowns. And they keep running the same stupid play over and over again and never, ever, ever change it. And they did it in this game again, and it drives me insane. And, uh, like, scout that better. The Lions are getting down in the end zone, or in the red zone, and they line up under center, and they run power forward, and they give it to Jamal, and he always gains a yard and a half. Like, you can do that. You have two running backs who can do that. <laughs> Just do okay. that. I do, I do want to bring up one point of the um, uh, shotgun off tackle fourth down call to AJ Dillon. Uh huh. Into a nine man box. Yes, that was into a nine man box. Um, and all AJ had to do when everybody dove into the middle was he just bounced it to outside. the outside. There was you are right about that. There was room. Why there. can't a, he do that more often? It was a bad run, but also you don't have to run into the nine man box. You can check to a pass on the nine man box. That's also I really just dropped my microphone. Yes, you did. Um, so, okay, no, but like, why can't he make that decision he's literally not, he's, every other time? He's not that good. He's, <laughs> but he's also better from under center. Like that's, 
I, I don't like him in the RPO game. Aaron Jones is better for that role. He is better at catching passes. He's better in pass protection. In fact, if he's in the game, that bomb to Watson probably isn't an interception because Aaron Jones probably makes the right read because he's better there. So, um, like, uh, LaFleur deserves, uh, I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers just loves that play. Um, but again, you're the head coach. Do something else. Install a different package. You've had all season to know that this sucks. Stop it. I don't know if they have any chance of keeping Aaron Jones this year, but uh, if they if they if they think they're going to compete, I, I man, it's going to be tough to they, they can't they can't hand the keys over to AJ Dillon. It's just he's just not as good. And I know Jones touched on that. Is, Aaron Jones is due like fifteen million next year. Yeah, I don't think it's happening. Right? There's no they, way they would have to do an extend and restructure, um, which was the plan with this contract. But uh, if they're they're doing full cut bait, they can't do that. If they're not, if they're run, trying going to try and run it back, they do kind of need him. And I hate paying running backs more than anybody else in the world. But Aaron Jones is is like the best running back in football, and this offense will get noticeably worse without him. Did you see my argument against keeping Aaron Jones in the Slack chat earlier today? I didn't, but uh, there's lots of them. So, yeah, what was it? Um, Aaron Jones is a phenom. There is no argument about that. However, his usage is wrong. Um, his a- his average depth of target yeah, yeah. throughout the season was negative point two yards, and he accounted for negative eighty seven air yards. He did over the season, so he lost an average of half a yard every game, um, in his targeting, and so he has almost a hundred more yards after completion than he does total yards. Total yards, yeah, and that's not Aaron Jones' fault necessarily because he has the checkdown option a lot. But, right, uh, but what I'm what I'm saying is if if you remove the option. If the temptation is gone, oh, Aaron will still this... check it down to somebody else. That's <laughs> he's happy to miss AJ Dillon in the flat four times a game. That, <laughs> not a problem for him. Um, you you wrote this in the in the rundown, but I think maybe one frustration Packers fans might be feeling here is that it's not Detroit played well, but their offense did not dominate this game like they're capable of doing. Uh, their defense was good. You know, Kirby Joseph continues to be a problem, and Aiden well, Hutchinson is pretty impressive but like you know it's not like very winnable game you know just an absolutely nobody game and even though the lions played well they they aren't special necessarily they're not nobody else has trouble scoring on the lions like it's only us that has trouble scoring on the Lions. (laughs) it's only the packers that have trouble with kirby joseph who has four interceptions on the year (laughs) Um, five uh, you know five if you count the one that got taken away three of them are of aaron Rodgers. that the only other person he intercepted all season was Daniel Jones. He played against Justin Fields twice. He played against Kirk twice. There, there were lots of teams that have bad interceptable quarterbacks that Kirby Joseph did not intercept at all. Zach Wilson. How many, he played against Zach Wilson. <laughs> how many interceptions does Aiden Hutchinson have? Uh, at least two. Um, yeah, that's like two I can think of. But I thought it was. I thought it was like three. Yeah. Like I thought Hutchinson had almost as many interceptions as. Because he, he has three. He is second on the team with three. Interceptions. Yeah, there's there's some stupid stuff. And one like of those, of course, was Aaron Rodgers on the Bakhtiari play. So yeah, but he's like the first rookie to ever have ten sacks and three interceptions or some crap like that. Like there's some like random ass statistic that like there people are using for his defensive rookie of the year campaign. That sounds about right. Nine point five sacks and three three picks on the year. Yeah, I think it's only ever happened like one time before. He's good for me. 
for me, this concludes the season and, and we've talked about it the whole year. They, they outside of maybe the Minnesota game. And I think even that is arguable. They never played a complete game. No, they never, they, they didn't win by double digits when they won. They were frequently in tight situations, clawing, scratching, not finishing drives. This game was absolutely another example of that. And, and where they have had success is that lately they've had the interceptions. They've had flash plays from the defense turnovers that aren't necessarily sustainable, but we're working in the short term and special teams. And you didn't have these things in, in, in this game, you know, the special teams was whatever. They, they weren't like outwardly bad, but you had Mason hitting a shot off the crossbar. So close. Um, yes. I mean, and he made long one, you had, a couple long ones too. Like for he, a guy that old, he, Mark Mason had a good game. That was, a, it was hard. Yeah, yeah. He barely shorted it from 53 in the cold in the wind. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Jonathan, yeah, of course. Of jo- course. Jonathan Garvin with a beautiful tackle on Keyshawn Nixon on the opening kickoff. I, I mean, credit to Detroit. They did shut down Nixon. They had it. They kicked just perfectly to <laughs> the one yard line. Shut down. But Jonathan Garvin getting in the way on the opening he kickoff. He had was so a much hell of an room. Omen. He had so much room on that play. It, like, if Jonathan Garvin is not in that space, he has at least 20 more yards up the middle on that play. Hell the, of an omen. Yeah. The thing that was so noticeable about the kickoffs was Mason was having them land on the one and two yard line by kicking line drives. And the Lions kicker had like five seconds of hang time. He was kicking they were, mortars. They were really up there. Yeah. It was it was a nice job. Michael. Yeah, they, they, had, they had it played well. And uh, without flash from the defense or special teams, you got yourself a four point loss. Yeah. That's the way it breaks. Ah, poop. Yeah, poop indeed. Oh, uh, really quick. I, we got The Packers also sucked on fourth down all year. And that jet sweep to Alan Lazard on fourth down, like, uh, first of all, I'm not even sure you want to go for it on there. That was the, their own 32-yard line, and it was fourth and one. But uh, normally I'm for going for it all the time, but they suck so bad <laughs> that I maybe would have punted there. Um, and that play call, like I know that the Packers play calls are always bad on fourth down and that we're very, uh, you know, after the fact on saying whether they were good or not, but like, uh, I'm sorry when I'm running a fourth and short plays, I am running runs, um, to spots where there's holes in the defense. I'm running passes just past the line of scrimmage and I am not ever running jet sweeps to my fairly slow wide receiver um, against a very fast linebacker core. <laughs> but what so, did they do correctly, Paul? Um, they, they what they went for it, I guess. They ran a QB sneak. That's for the right. first for the first and time. It I think. Yes, it was fourth. It was a fourth and one or third and one. They ran a QB sneak and got it two was yards. A fourth down. It was a fourth down in the second half. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I agree. It took him eighteen weeks. Let's go. A slow receiver who's also one of your best blockers, although obviously you're not going outside when you're trying right. to get fourth and one, but like, come on, what was that play? When they gave it to him, I thought, oh, that's Christian Watson. Like, that would be the only explanation. Yes, fine. <laughs> how he has the ball on Maybe Christian Watson beats them to the edge. Fine. And, but now, Lazard, what are you doing? I mean, and in fairness, he had no chance. The, you know, the guy was right on top of him. But like, as soon as he's getting tackled and I see that number on the back and it's like, that's, that's not number nine. What's <laughs> happening here? Well, and also on the successful jet sweep or end around i can't remember which it was to christian watson um did you notice how bad his ball carrier vision was I, I, alan lazard alan lazard had a block and the linebacker did not have an angle and had he gone inside of lazard he would have gotten an extra five plus yards maybe even broken it and beaten the safety instead he decided to go around and try and make the edge and gets gets caught by the safety on the in pursuit it was just like come on man like turn it up field sooner 
He'll get there. He'll get there. He will get there. He's young. He, um, he went to one of the Dakotas. Maybe that's why they stopped running the play after the first quarter, even though it gained six yards every time they ran it. Because <laughs> they never ran it again after the first quarter. All right, we uh, we got a lot of questions, so I want to quick touch on the offseason. Yeah. Um, we've entered Aaron Watch territory. You know, God damn it. Everybody's favorite this, part of the offseason. This thing we're just, as, as followers of the Packers, we're always engaged in some sort of quarterback watch. And uh, will Aaron be back is kind of the question on the table. This is a very different vibe from last offseason. I think there was consternation about whether Aaron, Aaron Rodgers would be back. Actually, more like two offseasons ago versus last offseason. I think people were fairly comfortable that he'd be back last offseason. This time around, it's like, I don't I don't know. Nobody wants him back. Like Nobody does. Nobody <laughs> is, there, is there anyone out there really clamoring, saying that like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers gives them the best chance to win? Because I don't think anybody believes that anymore. People, people who are the same age as Aaron Rodgers' tenure really want him back <laughs> i think yeah, maybe I, I forget who wrote this on twitter and i apologize it might have been andy herman um uh, made it just a good maybe it was you matt actually um now that i think of it somebody made the point though aaron Rodgers' salary is now precludes having enough talent around him to actually win with his current level of talent no that wasn't me it was okay. something i would say though yeah but like i i don't think it's smart to have him back anymore like this season I think it was still plausible that he could still play at an MVP level. He just did. And that if you got that Aaron, if you got that Aaron this year, you're probably 12 and 4, 13 and 3 again and a Super Bowl contender. But like they are, they have so much money tied up in him and mm-hmm. in other bad contracts that you just <laughs> can't put, you can't put enough guys around for the 14th best quarterback in the football to win a Super Bowl. And so, that being so- the case, you got to move it. Something that literally just this moment came to mind that that makes me laugh and also sad at the same time. Um, prior to Aaron Rodgers, will he, won't he, when he did his his uh, contract extension that he ended up not being happy about after two years and then started the whole yeah. shenanigans, he was originally fighting for an extension that included a salary based on a percentage of the cap. And people were like, it's never been done before. It's not going to happen now. Shut the hell up. Um, the number he was asking for was 20% of the cap. Yep. And uh, this coming year, he will be over 25% of the cap <laughs> should right. he not retire. So we would actually be saving money if he'd gotten that number. But they should move on. Like every time they exercise one of his options, it becomes more and more punitive for the future. And basically, mm-hmm. as soon as you decide you're not winning a Super Bowl with him, you, you got to do it. You, you got to trade him. I mean, if he, if he retires, then problem solved no problem there so but if uh, he retires they can they can push um most of the money out where they take on i think it's 15 million this year i think that's right and then 25 or something the i think following that's right year. too adds up to 40 so that sounds right um but like if you don't do that and he is amenable to a trade you should absolutely do that because you're not winning you're just not going to happen send his ass to the jets <laughs> <laughs> they need what, a quarterback. They need, they need a quarterback. They're a quarterback away. They've got draft capital. Think, will he go play for a, another Lafleur? I don't know. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. By the way, my my favorite thing about this is people refer to ours as Malf because he's Matt Lafleur. Yeah. And people refer Milf, to the yeah. other one as Milf <laughs> because he's Mike Lafleur. Oh, that that tickles me. So Aaron go getting traded does not help them financially. I, I grant. Um, if they get, okay, it helps them financially if they can somehow 
finagle it to be a post June first trade, trade. Yeah. which would never ever happen. You'd have to go on promises and handshakes. Well, you could trade for future picks. That would be it. yeah. But like, if they're going to trade for this year's draft capital, and then say like, so you'd have to do like weird pick swaps. I, I, like, just, I don't think that's going to happen. That's the thing. Yeah. I don't understand why they would care about this year's draft. Capital. I don't either. Like, it doesn't matter. They they have to know <laughs> there, there's going to be one year of it. Ain't Honestly, it. the way the right, quarterback but... class is shaping up, getting draft picks for next year is quite possibly better. better. Yes. That's what people said last year, man. Well, yeah, but then uh, it's not just that those guys weren't as good. It's also that a few of them went to the next class and it's just a deeper bunch next year. If you can get Caleb, that's your best bet. So do that. Does he, if you could subtract all of the reasons to dislike Aaron Rodgers, does he give you your be- the best chance to win? And we don't know that really because we just don't have enough on Jordan Love, but I guess. So next I year, think, he gives you the best chance to win. But that's, that's next because... Year Jordan Love, next year, Jordan Love is 2011 Aaron Rodgers. Like, taking what the offense gives him, and, you know, he won't have the talent that 2011 Rodgers had yeah. around him. But taking what the offense gives him, doing what's best... Um, if we have Aaron Rodgers next year, it's 2017 Aaron Rodgers all over again. Just nothing but hero ball. It's going to be bad. It's it's more for me. It's just it's a band aid rip question more than anything. He probably does give you the best chance to win next year, but he gives you the best. Like his ceiling, I think, is like uh, 10, probably 11 games in the new season. But it, they're not serious contenders. They're very far from being serious contenders at this point. Uh, they they I don't mean what's their final Pythagorean? Were they even positive? Like they're like a 500 team, and he's not going to make yes. them much much better than a 500 team so yeah he does but i'm not sure that you want to win that way i think it's better to go back reload and try and get yourself to championship caliber again because it's good it's one way or another that decision's coming for you in the next two years you know i don't know if this is just anecdotal mean just sort of freelancing off the cuff here but looked up at, on the lambo board the the passing leaders of the year and you know patrick mahomes at the top of the list and josh allen isn't number two but he's way up there i mean there's there aren't that many star quarterbacks in this league, or at least not people that I would say like unquestionably I'd hitch my wagon to that guy. <laughs> He's the face of the franchise. I don't know if that's a again just anecdotal. I haven't given that a lot of thought, but I don't feel like the Packers finding a middle level guy will necessarily drop them off the face of the earth. It, it very well might, but I don't. I don't know if there are like many guys that you're thinking you have to I mean, have that quarterback to win. I don't. I don't Matt know. Matt Stafford true. just won a goddamn Super Bowl. <laughs> sure, he did. He's very good. I, I mean, he's he's over now, but he he is he is very good. He's, has had a very good career. Yes, he has. Yeah, but but what Brock what Purdy's can, also been phenomenal here. Yeah, what what can an ancient Matt Stafford do that any other top sixteen quarterback can't? I I absolutely agree with you. I agree with you. And and Joe Burrow is very good. I, I shouldn't exclude him from the conversation, but like. I don't know. They're, this is a you bad. Can, you can hang. This is a bad year for quarterbacks in the NFL too, and you're right about that. Um, and Shani's system is just a miracle. So the 49ers, I think, barely count. Like, um, yeah. Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo have been phenomenal for no good reason. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, actually number one in DVOA on the season. Um, he has been the most efficient quarterback in the league. But that is just the 49ers being the 49ers. They didn't have Debo for the last month, and they were still just ridiculous. Um, well, Ayuk was going nuts, but golf was four. Uh, the Lions' offense did him a lot of favors. So you're right. If you have the right offense and the right personnel, um, you can do pretty well with a mid-level quarterback. I also just don't think the Packers have that. And maybe Lafleur could do that with if Aaron's not running Aaron garbage in the middle of every drive. Maybe that's true, but we don't know that for sure. 
like maybe Aaron's making everything work and Matt LaFleur is terrible. That's also possible. (laughs) Got to find that out too. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Should we do questions? Lots of interesting nuggets in here. Yeah, so I let's think, do it. Think we should go. All right. Starting with our Patreon question. Patrons, of course, get question priority. Mark Putscarby continues to be the chief of all priority. Like literally uh, like five seconds after the post goes up, Mark Putscarby appears. He, dude, he's got alerts set up. He's got alerts <laughs> set up. Props to you. Uh, was this season basically a worst case scenario for the Packers? They missed the playoffs in a year where they went all in, missed the chance to tank and grab a top 10 pick, and failed to give Love any sort of real reps before his option needs to be decided. On top of that, the winning streak <laughs> at the end seems to have saved Joe Barry's job. This seems like a nightmare scenario. You're damn right, Mark. Yeah, it's really hard to argue with any of that. Like It's very typical NFL where if you're not winning the championship, you kind of do want to be bad. And not having Jordan Love play any meaning, having to go to the last game, like you didn't get any information on your next quarterback. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, It was entertaining down the stretch. It was fun to watch the winning streak. But yeah, for the future, it was bad. It was it was a nightmare. This is not great. Joe Barry's back, too. It's, it's bad. Well, the way it was worded, like, yes, it sounds like Joe Barry's back, but... I don't know. I, I'm not. Oh, my uh, God, JR. Don't get into the cope. I am, not, cope. Uh, I am not completely moving on from the possibility that they do something else. Look, everybody on Twitter is like, look, Matt LaFleur does a lot of coach speak, and then we'll go back on the things that it seems like he says. I don't know if that's th- true. This was kind of coach speaky in his are you sticking with Joe Barry? Nah, man. Barry's back. Like, Yeah, Barry's I mean, back. he probably is. He probably is. Um yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough. I, I guess I think there are a lot of people who have already made up their mind about Jordan Love and don't really care whether or not he got reps because they already feel like that's the question has been answered. I guess, I but like even, even I'm kind of like that, but I still wanted to see him have a couple games. Like he showed some improvement in that small sample size. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Show me, show me Jordan Love. Uh, like, give <laughs> it sucks that they didn't get more information on him. I'm annoyed. Let love in. <laughs> no. Uh, the other. Well, that's a good. The other thought would be, I mean, we were talking about how great, how not how great, but how they had maybe turned it around. They beat Detroit. It's not off the table that they make a crazy run. So, like, in a way, 
I, I understand why they did what they did. Like it wasn't a yeah, it wasn't dumb. It just didn't I mean work the, out. The, <laughs> the dream scenario is that they go into San Francisco and Brock Purdy turns into Mike White, which is totally possible. Or yeah, just Brock Purdy. What I'm saying is, is Mike White was great until he was awful. Brock yeah. Purdy has been great, and he could have just randomly turned awful because that's what late round rookies do. His his college tape is insane, by the way. It's fun to watch Brock Purdy college tape. I would recommend anybody does it. It's very <laughs> unstructured. It's a hair on fire play. So. But yeah, if they get by the 49ers, the rest of the NFC is such trash. They actually could have done something. Oh, well. Yeah. All right, Big Rig says, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could Joe Barry should be tried for crimes against the state? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we rip on Joe a lot, um, but there is a reason. He deserves it. There, well, he does. There is a reason that he is likely to be back, which is that the defense actually did play pretty well down the stretch. Yeah, uh, but I don't, I don't want a DC that only coaches well when he's coaching for his job. I don't either, and you can do better. That's the main thing. Uh, I'm also kind of hacked off at DVOA, which um, says their offense is better than my brain thinks it is, and says their defense is worse than my brain thinks it is. Mm. Um, but like, he, he's Joe Barry wasn't awful this season. They. They rallied and got better. He was okay. Um, okay, this, I, this is not a, a Packers special teams from last year situation where they seem I to get worse every week. <laughs> I understand DVOA. The offense uh, succeeds on early downs. They're terrible on third and this short. This is true, yes. And so that will weight their EPA, being able to churn the chains, turn the blah, move the chains on early downs. EPA really likes that. I'm Joe not sure Barry's, that's true. Um, I sure? actually think the Packers were one of the worst teams at converting first downs on first down. Uh, I, I think the Chiefs led. The league. No, they're they're the best team. They're best team in the league on second down. They that are. Like, they are the best team in the league on second down. That is true. Um, yeah. And then Joe Barry's defense uh, being worse than you think is because they gave up third and long a they, lot. They did. They did. And so I think that it's like the weighted thing. Like you, you personally think the interceptions aren't weighted enough, right? I well, was your... I, I, they're I think weighted fine in DVOA, especially EPA. Oh. Um, I thought DVOA was based on EPA. They're similar, but they're not the same. Okay, but regardless, I think that that you can you can look at the way the numbers are weighted and explain the little quirks. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Uh, speaking of third and long, an all-time show some pride moment in this game where the Lions were able to convert on third, and I want to say it was 11 or 12, I'm not sure. Two missed tackles, prolonged a drive that I believe, I, I'm pretty sure that one ended in points, yes. although I, I could be con- conflating. You are correct, I believe sir. you are correct. <laughs> not great, guys. Uh, that is not on Joe Barry, that is on the tacklers who are in position to make the play and yet don't. Did not tackle, yes. Dr. Hillbilly, I guess Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, gives the team the best chance to win games in 2023, but I'm so tired of him. The shtick, the haircuts, the Tuesday McAfee appearances, the holistic mumbo jumbo, the passive aggressive digs at everyone else that I want him gone, regardless of how bad love or his freshly acquired replacement turns out to be. His first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback fatigue, a treatable condition. <laughs> Good way to put yes. it. Yes. All we got to do is start Nathan Peterman and you will be begging to bring back our weirdo. Oh, no, isn't that true? That is true. Jeez. Um, but uh, you can look to football reasons for Aaron now. Like even if you don't like him personally, and you know I don't, um, there are now there there are now good football reasons to move on. So you can just lean into that. Clear conscience, um, football reasons, go for it. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. I think that's why people have turned on him a little bit. Like uh, you know, it, when you're not when when you are a, an annoying person and still awesome, you get a long leash. When you start to become far less awesome. Your leash goes very, very, very short, very quickly. That happens with oh, everybody. Have you, 100%. have you 
Aaron Rodgers this year reminded me a lot of Jordan Love's college film. It was all boom or bust. It was wow or awful, and there was no in between. Yeah, kind of was. And that that was Aaron Rodgers to me this year. But I 100% agree with you. Is he is he is has been an annoying person for quite some time, yeah. and uh, when he's racking up MVPs, it, you're just not going to get the 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 chorus. But when he struggles, you're gonna you're gonna. It, it all comes down to winning. It all comes down to winning and performance on the field. That is the both the blessing, curse, shamefulness of uh, of being a sports fan of watching sports. And uh, and that's just how it's gonna go. So, <clears throat> scarf twenty one and around to Lazard twice. Why? <laughs> I don't get that we play. About that. Because, like, because everyone hates us, and you deserve no happiness, according to the football gods. I think I would just like to know. I want to talk to a Packer offensive person on the staff just about the philosophy of running your big, fairly slow receiver on an end around. Like, I get you're a super fast guy. That makes sense. You're trying to race people to the corner. You know, you have some deception to get guys flat-footed. But, like, everybody's going to catch up to Alan Lazard. He doesn't accelerate fast. Um, he's not going to get the corner versus pretty much anybody. Like, what? why does that play exist? Like, is it to set up something later? Is it, uh, like, do they think he can power over? Like, I, it, it's just stupid. They need to burn that out of the playbook. Ryan Ziegler asks, while I understand that there's a need and a desire to maintain consistency and continue co- continuity in the front office, the coaching staff, scheme, and players, when do we enter the period where negligent hiring and negligent retention come into play? Uh, never, because it's the NFL, and to some extent, everybody does this. Uh, people hire their friends, people hire the people they're comfortable with, and even if you're going to make that case against Matt LaFleur, um, he did fire Mo Drayton and go out and hire a much, much better special teams coordinator just last year. So it's not like he never does this. It's not. And um, they have had good people on staff. Um, they have lost some to better jobs. They have lost some bad people to better jobs. They, like Adam Stenovich was elevated to keep him. And he is a good offensive line coach. And that makes sense. So, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett might be back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he might. Uh, although if Aaron's not, then. Yeah, I don't know. No point there. Um, but, um, you know, that's just the thing that happens. And keeping Joe Barry is maybe not what we all want, but it's defensible. You can make a case for it happening. It's not completely negligent to do it in a vacuum. If I'm lawyering for Matt LaFleur, um, <laughs> he, 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 he rallied in the back half. The defense played really well. They held people to very few points. They got a bunch of interceptions. Like, there's all kinds of cases you can make for Joe Barry. It's not totally negligent. It's not just keeping – it's not Jeff Saturday being a head coach. It's not even in the <laughs> league of that. Can we talk about how great of a band name negligent retention is? <laughs> it is a good one. Yeah. I, and we talked about this last week, and everybody has worked with somebody who is – I shouldn't say everybody, but if you have the experience of working with somebody who's not perfect at their job but not terrible and also a really great person, and I don't know if Joe Barry is a really great person, but let's just assume he is – and he's good at relationships and he's good at getting people to understand the playbook and he's good at this and that, whatever. It's really hard to move on from that guy. Really hard. You know, you're talking about Amari Rogers. That's who you're describing right now. <laughs> you are. <laughs> uh, but Amari Rogers wasn't, w- was like unspeakably bad. Yes, you know, was. like he, he yeah, was, he fair. was actively hurting the team. And that's why he's okay, gone. But was, Joe Barry was, Joe Barry was, Joe Barry was the bad. defensive, Joe Barry was a defensive coordinator for the 08 Lions. 
but that's, that's look that's all that needs to be said it's 15 years ago though and, and yeah, in 15 years first, ago he was the worst defensive coordinator in football sure but like you know you have to give somebody you have to let somebody go beyond one year as a defensive coordinator before you fully judge them i'm well, not i i'm not defending it i think they could do much better i do much well, much JR, better let me tell you this this is the first time in his career he's gone beyond two years as a defensive that's coordinator true. Well, so also, we don't know that for sure. <laughs> We're not there yet. They lost Rashawn Gary partway through the year. Like, there's Eric all kinds Stokes. of mitigating factors here. Yeah, <laughs> I would say they stayed fairly healthy. <laughs> I would say this team overall stayed fairly healthy. Obviously, the Bakhtiari thing in and out was an issue. Rashawn Gary was was their biggest loss, yep. and then Eric Stokes wasn't. I mean, he wasn't playing great, but you know that's that's a pretty important piece that you're you're absent. Maybe he gets better in the second half of the year too. So. I, I guess, know. but like, if I have to hear freaking plausible deniability one more goddamn time, <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, the th- what it comes down to fundamentally is that the NFL is an elite organization where um, there are tons of people who want those jobs, many of whom are very qualified, and you have the ability to pick super qualified people whenever you want, as long as you're willing to interview and assess properly. And there's not an excuse to have anything less than a an elite person at a coordinator level. So that's what it comes down to for me. Yep. No, I hear you for sure. I mean, like you said, they just did this with Rich Basaccia. Yes. They were not getting the, the production they needed, and they found the best guy for the job. And uh, obviously they saw results. Clearly, Joel Osment says, with the Shanahan system, is Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo the better Jimmy Garoppolo? If hypothetically Jimmy Garoppolo had played this game, would he have been a better Jimmy Garoppolo than Jordan Love or Brock Purdy? I actually really like this question, and I was—I almost tweeted something like this today, but I ran out of time because I was working. Um, I don't think Aaron is a good fit uh, for the Shanahan system anymore, and, and he might never have been for a couple reasons, one of which is one thing that Garoppolo is good at, and Brock Purdy's been okay at it so far too, is actually hitting guys in stride in the short part of the field. Like the whole Shanahan system is based on yak from monstrous receiver types who bowl over people. And it helps a lot if your quarterback is actually getting those, hitting them on the numbers going forward. Aaron sucks at that. And he's always been kind of bad at it. It's just not his wheelhouse. Like his flat throwing has always been a little rough. His form is bad there. He's really good at throwing deep. And the Shanty system throws deep passes, but they're built uh, about, they're built on the mid level. So uh, I think Garoppolo is probably better. And I think Brock Purdy is probably better. I don't know about Jordan yet, but he actually was throwing nice flat balls last time too. So, yeah, maybe. I could actually make a good case for that. I think the irony of saying that Aaron Rodgers has no mid-range is hilarious. I know, but it's true now. (laughs) No, but, like, the fact that Aaron Rodgers thinks that mid-range not existing in basketball anymore is, like, a crime against humanity, and he never had it in the football field. Yeah, okay. Irony. And he's also dating his co-owner's daughter, so more basketball. Oh yeah, the Mallory Edens Aaron Rodgers connection. Did you awesome? Did you guys see my prediction awesome. on that? No, I tweeted at the end of the game. Um, Aaron Rodgers seemed distracted. Is it because he is currently dating Bucks owner's daughter, yes. Mallory, whatever? Within a half an hour, multiple articles. Oh yeah, well that good good prediction, but also yes, that was going to happen. But I was off. I said it was going to take until the next day. It was a half an hour. <laughs> People love Aaron girlfriend distraction stories. It's it's a whole industry. I'm I'm really disappointed that if I could separate myself from being a a journalist and just like just an appreciator of the Green Bay Packers, however you want to term that, it's so disappointing that we have to be conflicted about both Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It's you know, very like very annoying. I would I would love that. I would love to be here talking about how 
you know, it's time to move on. But all the great things he did, what a what a joy it was to watch him. They won a Super Bowl. He was excellent. They were always in contention. And instead, it's like, eh. <laughs> so that's the thing is off the top of my head i'm trying to think of hall of fame quarterbacks without controversy right obviously there's going to be some like even peyton manning the golden child has like little little things not that... little things he had a sexual sure. assault in college he did he did and uh there was also um with him there was uh performance enhancing drug rumors mm-hmm. as well he, he, he hgh in the neck thing yes yeah. yes yes he uh, allegedly had hgh sent to his house under his wife's name you're right. It's the live long, you know, die a hero, live long enough to be the villain. I totally understand. The only that. one, like the only one coming to to mind is Warren Moon. I can't think of any bad word ever said about Warren Moon. Yeah. Warren Moon didn't, like, w- didn't win a didn't win a ring. So like he I know won, no, he won a ring in Canada, okay, and then he played for fine. the Oilers. Thank you. Okay, he played for the Oilers, man. It's like playing for the Colts. He and oh, he wait, played a like, long damn time. I mean, he was was he 43 when he retired? He was. Right, he, but was he didn't come to the NFL until he was like he was like 30. Yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. Um. Yeah, I mean Dan Marino, I guess. Dan Marino he didn't fell in the draft because he was a party guy in college. Yeah. That's, um sure. I I That's all I got. Like I'm just saying, like, like think of think of every Hall of Fame quarterback you can think of and try to not come up with a controversy. No, of person. course. You're right. And it's true of every player who's been around long enough, most likely. And not not every player, but many players yeah. who've been around a long time. Uh it is it is just a very dissatisfying ending to to get to a point where it's like that might have been Aaron Rodgers' last game and it's just kind of a kind of a collective whimper. I, I no one no one is thinking about his career highlights or anything like that. It's just like, eh, all right, yes, another off season. <clears throat> old man on a bike in Sherlington. I'm just an old man on a bike who wants to address the elephant in the room. There's no way the Packers don't recover Aaron Jones' fumble if they had kept Amari Rogers on the <laughs> roster. The Packers would routinely practice fumble recovering during games when Amari was out there. But with Amari gone, we lost our edge in this facet of the game. So my question is this. Did we cut the wrong Rodgers? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Galaxy I, I, brain is the best, baby. Look, yep. He has a point. Who had the single best fumble recovery in that game? Uh, golf? Ballantyne. It ended up not counting, but Ballantyne on special teams plucked that sucker out of the air. Yeah, okay. And so maybe he has a point. Maybe the special teamers were training for Marty Rogers. I'm also going to put a little bit of that fumble on Lambo and their very nice soft turf because I feel like at almost any other stadium it gets out of bounds and, you know, problem solved. But alas, and it just died, just sat there. Shout outs, shout outs to Bob for trying to put a foot out of bounds and touch the ball. It was amazing. Yeah, it was a great try. And it really also was. Also, shout outs for the Lions defender who saw that and, and then punched him in the face. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Very savvy um, play all around on the fumble rule. A lot in of 4D the, chess there. In the stadium, I really thought he got that. He touched the ball with the foot on the line, and I didn't know if it was intentional, but it had to be, right? Yep. He was trying to... Uh... So he he threw himself sideways with the pinky out. Like, yeah. it, it had to be intentional. Yeah, Brilliant be. stuff. Brilliant stuff. We see that, Robert Tunyon. You are not... Uh, you, you deserve credit for, <laughs> for the awesome, in the moment, very smart stuff. All right, Patrick Detmer, this is a long one, but uh, he has some nice things to say about us, so we're going to read this one in its entirety. Thank you guys for providing all the copium during the frustrating season. I hope you don't mind me taking a moment to thank you all individually. JR, in addition to being a great reporter, you have one of the greatest strong bad impersonations I've ever heard. (laughs) How do you type all those trending sports stories with boxing gloves on your hand? (laughs) Oh, thank you for introducing me to the Tecmo Super Bowl hacking community, which gave me the ability to play through 1966 and 67 Lombardi Packer seasons. It's much more fun running with Horning and Jim Taylor than Keith Woodside and Michael Haddix. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) 
And Matub, you introduced me to How to Drink and the Stone Fence. It's fantastic and has finally allowed me to clear out all my angry orchards that my wife purchased but never actually drank. Thank you for all the great work. Go Pat Go. Oh, thanks, man. Really yeah. appreciate that. Appreciate that, Patrick. Very touching. And say hi to your sixth cousin for me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would try to do a strong bad impersonation again but i think i would ruin it i, th- I think i would do it wrong and then it would okay just know, say check into emails that's all you gotta say pj wessel says here's to the 2022 <laughs> season thanks again for this podcast now for the fun off-season episodes where you all talk about your favorite non-sports podcasts start a book club describe your next south american vacation get new haircuts <laughs> oh, yeah. no you have actual stuff to do gosh fine <laughs> more wins in this season or next season oh oh god they didn't win a lot this season. Yeah. If they try to run it back, I think they win more next I season. I do too, just with regression to the mean. Um, but like not yeah. much more like drink. <laughs> yeah. About time. Yeah. The number of games that they should have won and didn't pretty staggering this year. Yeah, I mean, Washington is baffling. Both Detroit's Ugh. um uh, the New York Giants. Giants scam, yeah. Absolutely. Both yeah, New I, Yorks. Yeah, both New Yorks. I figure you could split those and I mean, obviously, you still this this was a team that should have made the playoffs, despite the fact that I don't even think they were that good because seven teams make the playoffs in the NFC, which means subpar teams make it. And I do think the Packers were better than the Seahawks. So if they split the New Yorks and they split Detroit, they're in the playoffs right now. Yep, of course. Absolutely. Um. Okay, JD says, where would running a reverse to Alan Rizard rank on your fourth and inches play call chart? Above or below throwing the ball oh. to Bakhtiari on a tackle eligible play? I would personally throw the ball to Bakhtiari before. I would, throw, to I would throw to Zach Tom. So Then maybe my lineman. Um, I think, it, yeah, a lot of the problems with the Bakhtiari play were that he, it was his first game back from injury, um, you know, that injury that kept him out forever. So it was surprising, I guess, but... Um, I'm not even against a tackle eligible play to Bakhtiari if you just run it better. <laughs> the Lazard call had like no chance to succeed. The Bakhtiari play, like he was open, just get him the ball. Kind <laughs> glorious. So, so the the Bakhtiari play as well as the Lazard end around, um, to me, reminds me a lot of the Simpsons Lemon Tree episode. Okay. My favorite when, Simpsons episode, so looking forward when, to this. When uh, they're like, what are you, crazy? And Homer goes, crazy like a fox, and then tries to climb the fence because no one would expect Homer to climb the fence. fence. Okay. And then he fails horribly, he and does. it's embarrassing. Yeah. That's what the Packers were doing. They were doing things that like no one would ever think that they would do these things. <laughs> I actually love that analogy. Me too. And we're going to catch them off guard by doing something very, totally stupid. Very much too cute on fourth down, pretty much every time. Throwing bombs, running crap. That's the whole fourth down playbook right there. I don't want to step on the rest of JD's question above or below constantly running shotgun toss plays to AJ Dillon. Seriously. What the hell was that? Also free love. Rogers has to go. Can't keep running the crap back. This crap back. Goodbye. Hero ball, please. Um, the AJ Dillon thing is going to come up in the discord questions. Oh, and good. it's a do it's a doozy. All right. Shout outs to the discord, man. PJ Wessel says also the 2022 season looks to be the first season ever where the average margin of victory is less than 10 points. What, if anything, should we ref- infer from that? That they just weren't that good. Yeah, they're bad. That's really it. Like, bad teams in the NFL play close games. And sometimes they get lucky and win a bunch. And sometimes they don't. And sometimes they win half. And he's, you know what, though? He's not referring to just the Packers. He's saying NFL oh, scoring NFL. at large. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I yeah. think, yeah, answer still stands. There's not a lot of really good teams. Most of the or, teams in the NFL are bad. Or we finally have parity. We, there's there is a lot of parody. I mean, there if that's is. what we if if you want to look on the positive side of things, also shout out to PJ for properly using the word infer. <laughs> Very um, nice. But you, people often often switch infer and, and imply. imply. And it bugs, yeah. me. It yeah. bugs me. 
it's annoying. But I, th- I do think that's really it. There's not a lot of great teams. There is not a lot of atrocious teams. There's really not a lot of atrocious teams. Um, but like if you just go look at point differential uh, in the NFC, three teams had a plus 100. And everybody else was between plus 26, that's the Lions, and negative 27, that's the Panthers. And on the back end, it's just not a lot of crap either. It's the Bears, who are, you know, super rebuild and quarterback can't throw. The Rams, who lost Matt Stafford, and the Cardinals, who are atrocious. And then the Buccaneers, who are the Buccaneers. Um, so the, the difference between the Lions and the Panthers is like one and a half points a game. Yes, it is. That's Basically, correct. like that's a great way to look. Yep. <laughs> hmm. Dutch Boy 5, this is now the third year in a row where we have lost our last game of the season at Lambeau Field. In each of those games, the defense played at worst a good game, but the offense at best played average. Is Matt LaFleur really the problem and not Joe Barry? He He's not uh. beyond reproach. That's the thing. And uh, as much as Joe Barry has been his own problem, Matt LaFleur has not shined calling offense in Lambeau in bad weather. Like, uh, he is ultimately responsible for playing the wrong guys on offensive line last year. He is responsible for wacky fourth down play calls. He is responsible for running RPOs inside the five yard line that just fail miserably pretty much every time. So he is a, I, I mean, he is kind of a problem. And may, again, Aaron might be part of that problem because Aaron coordinates a large chunk of the offense for himself. But, yeah, Matt deserves some criticism. They keep flaming out with bad offensive performances, and that's on him. He's the offensive coordinator. I would like to see Matt LaFleur without Aaron Rodgers. I do, I would too. Just for that data set of, okay, now we know which aspects were truly LaFleur. Yeah. Jason Spitz has kind of a long question. Uh, does anyone realize how truly bad Gutekunst <laughs> is at this? Yes, he sit on some players and draft picks. So did Tom Bratz, uh, bringing up Sterling Sharp, Leroy Butler, Ken Rutgers, and others. Goody has zero big picture savvy, failed to get them over the top in their true window in 2020 and 2021 by wasting picks on love and a wide receiver deep draft, pissing off number 12 in the process. Not going all, all the way in Tampa Bay. Wait, not going all in the way Tampa Bay and the Rams did. Screws up the Devontae relationship, which leads to a trade demand and then compounds that mistake by failing to trade 12 for the massive haul that was out there for a 39 year old. when it was clear to anyone being realistic that 17th departure would close the Super Bowl window, mm-hmm. then signs 12 to the dumbest and richest contract to manageable, giving him all the leverage. This isn't even the complete list. He's just not very bright and he's panicky, a lethal combo. And yeah, he's drafted some really good players. So did Tom Bratz. Wow. Fair. Um, <laughs> I will say this. The Rodgers contract seems asinine. Um, the The way that he really does have so much leverage to control where he goes, he, like if he doesn't retire and wants to play, they can't do anything about it. They can't cut him. They can't release him. And it's not a normal just accelerating cap situation. It is a it gets extra punitive based on what his contract looks like. Um, so yeah, not great. Um, I don't. It's hard to judge Goot. It's hard to judge GMs in a, in a vacuum because he's drafted uh, off and on okay. He's had bad drafts. His last draft seems to be pretty good, though, um, so far. Too early to tell. Uh, but I would say he's not an outstanding GM, for sure. I would agree with that. And there's there's some weirdness, too. And I do think that he and Ball do actually turn guys off. I think uh, they are a relationship problem for a lot of players. So, all fair. The... Um... The, the, judging GMs is kind of like judging a baseball season. You know, you've got all kinds of data that seem like they're life or death in the moment, but you really need a really wide, you, you need a lot of time to determine exactly what you have. Yeah. And 
in in some cases you almost have to like go, go through the whole career before you know what you have which is is obviously a difficult thing difficult proposition um i do think Gutekunst has hit on enough guys that I would say he's he's average. I don't know if he's like below average. I don't know if he's above, but I don't know. He's he's done okay, I think. You, you can't discount some of the guys that he signed off the street or signed off practice. I was gonna spots. say he he might be one of the single greatest in season GMs that yeah, I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, okay. You could also argue he didn't get Odell Beckham when he could have. I, I don't know if that matters or not. I think not, that was more year, Russ last year. Uh, could be. That's the other thing, is like the the low balls. Are they his fault? Are they Russ's fault? Yeah. Who knows? I do think it all, his entire GM ship comes down to one maneuver and that's Jordan Love, which is, which is what, you know, we're Jason is hitting on in this question. Yep. We don't know behind the scenes how the dominoes fell. We don't know if the move was so, you know, created a situation where they wind up with this contract because they couldn't communicate with Aaron Rodgers. They 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 hit on you know if you're going to make that move, that guy has to be the right guy. You have to hit on Jordan Love. It is not evident that they did that. I think I, I think best case scenario is we're not sure. You know, seems le- not super likely that they hit on that one. So possibly torpedo the relationship. And and I I don't know if the Devonte thing is necessarily on him. That seems like that could be on Aaron, but. You 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 don't really know how things devolved between with Aaron and this franchise after Jordan Love. I mean, we have some idea, but we don't we don't know the whole picture also, and how the dominoes fell. What yeah. kind of asshole posts the last dance memes and references and then loses in the first round of the playoffs? <laughs> what the hell? God, that's that well, just reminded me of how mad I am at Devontae. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, everyone thought they were they were so tight, and then all of a sudden he's like, "No, nah, I really want to go to the Raiders." And it's but like, that's the thing. "Oh, actually, look, they're not that tight." I'm yeah, so if you look back, they weren't. Aaron and Devontae like didn't hang out. They didn't post fun memes together. It was like him and Cobb and a couple of his linemen. Right. We all. I mean, I think that there is truth to the rumor that Devontae was put off by the way that Ball and Gutekunst went about things. But I don't think anybody should be surprised by people not wanting to play with Aaron Rodgers, like for kind of the same reasons we've been talking about here, like. It's fine when he's the greatest quarterback of all time. You've put up with a lot of BS, but hanging out with Aaron Rodgers sounds excruciating. It sounds well, awful. Well, like what's the line from uh, the line from Collision Low Crossers? It's I, like like winning fixes everything. Well, yeah, something something along those lines. Like yeah, like no one cares if but you're he's, winning. He's an annoying person. It's not yes. surprising when people don't want to hang out with him when he's not super good. So oh, checks out. Uh, also, I have heard from <laughs> hashtag sources. That if you don't kiss the ring, you're dead to him. Yeah, well. So. Okay. Sure. I love how you think <laughs> winning fixes everything originated with collision low yeah. crossers. No, that, like, there was, no I'm, I'm referencing specifically a piece of media that both Paul and I have consumed. Okay. Of course. And of course. specifically, it was Rex Ryan who was an annoying asshole saying something along those lines it was sure. com- incredibly relevant jr i believe you i i just think it's great that that is your bible and more power to you and <laughs> to thine own self but true didn't originate oh, with the, uh you know didn't originate in the in the 90s or anything there's so, a book yeah, there's in, a book called I... winning fixes everything now that you can't google where the phrase comes from anymore oh Ooh. that stinks it does okay let's move to twitter questions jerry eldred <laughs> going by daily meat as his, uh, his Twitter, Twitter name it's now. It's meat with an A. <laughs> yeah. Is there any way this ends other than running it back and having an even more excruciating season next year? Yeah, I think there's I think there's like a pretty decent chance they trade him. I'd say like know, 25% they trade him. 
I was going to say, if they run it back and it, they're the only chance of it not being more excruciating is great quote from John Mulaney is like, not unless everyone gets real cool with a lot of stuff really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not going to happen. So I'm, I'm really hoping for trade. I don't want to go through this again. I'm sick of this season. I mean, they've seen what they've seen it end twice with him at his best in kind of in very disappointing fashion. Now he's not at his best. Like, I don't I don't understand why they would want to be trapped in that. You know, it's not it's not like he's going to you know what? Maybe even if he comes back and he's somehow MVP level, which I don't know how anyone can foresee that. But if he is, because we've been in this situation before where it's like he's washed, he's done. And then he comes back just as good as ever. We still know that there are limitations, and now there's greater financial limitations than there were even then in the 2020-2021 season. So it just it just I, I how does it work? Like, what's the path to making that work? Jonathan Deal says, is this the most unlikable Packers team you've ever had to root for? Also, is Lambo the new factory of sadness? Uh, it's not. Like I, I'm old enough to remember the 80s, which had some very unlikable Packer teams that were very boring and had like Charles Martin ending Jim McMahon's career and um all all kinds of badness. So this is relatively speaking not that bad. But it was boring and um watching the same kind of failure points every week was bad. So one of the worst uh where Aaron wasn't injured of the last twenty five years or so, I'd say. Um so in my in my fandom, being someone in my early to mid thirties the last 25 years or so is about all I can remember. Um, to me, this isn't as bad as my worst season. Um, and believe it or not, this is going to sound kind of weird. 2011. Okay. The year they went, the, the year they went 15 and one. The Yes. The defending Super Bowl champs who were this unstoppable offensive juggernaut, the fan base made it not fun to be a Packer fan that year. Really? It was like, it was like rooting for the Patriots. Huh. Like uh, it, 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 I was okay it, it with was, it, honestly. And see, at the time I was still a casual fan and casual fans were puff chest annoying about it. And it's just like, when you hit your wagon to how good your football team is, and that's your, uh, that's your entire personality that comes out when your team is an unstoppable juggernaut. And it makes me not like the team. Eh, not, ooh. not, a, it's not their fault. It's the fans fault. All right. 15 and one. Enjoy the ride. I say, I did enjoy that season quite a bit. I thought it was great. It was flawed. Everyone knew throughout the course of the season, the defense was not good enough and would meet a reckoning. And it happened to be at Lambeau Field. (laughs) That's the real end of the Lambeau Field mystique, it feels like. The the Giants really did kill it. Michael Vick and the Giants really did did it. Oh, also, Paul, you'll enjoy this. 90% of Packer fans' songs came during the 2011 season. (laughs) Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Those are the kinds of seasons that make songs. All right, uh, Dale Doback says, "What happened? <laughs> good, good picture, Dale. Really. If it's, if what it, happened? First of all, Dale, if it's you, kudos. If it's not you, kudos to picking it out. What happens when we all realize that Matt Lafleur so, might be a guys, good coach? Guys, Dale Doback is the name of one of the brothers and stepbrothers. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's John I've C. Actually, Riley's character. I've never seen Stepbrothers. I should fix that sometime. Yeah, it's John C. Riley's character in, right. in Stepbrothers. What happens when we all realize that Matt Lafleur might be a good coach but a bad leader?" Does his age and experience making tough decisions work against him? Or is he just being nice as a courtesy and Barry and others will be sacked? I don't think any coaches like throw their coordinators under the bus directly often. There's a couple old-timey guys that do. But, I mean, if he's a bad leader, 
it's probably hard for us to detect. I mean, Buddy Ryan punched his head. Coach. Yes, yes, fine. Old timey <laughs> football guy, different ilk. Yes, bring different back, ilk. bring back the football guy. That's why it was Kevin Gilbride, right? That's yeah, yeah. Okay. Punch Kevin Gilbride. I mean, right it doesn't it, it doesn't do you any favors to to try to like. First of all, at, at, think of it from Matt Lafleur's perspective. If he says, "Yeah, Joe Barry needs to be better," so now either either you fire Joe Barry or you're weak for keeping him around. You look like you've thrown him under the bus to, to a fraction of the fan base, so you look like an asshole. Yeah. Honestly, you gain nothing. You get absolutely nothing out of that except maybe some friction in the building. See, and that's why in week eight, Rich Bisatia should have gone over and punched Joe Barry in the face, <laughs> and then we would all we would all be feeling so much better right now. Yeah. It would be so cathartic. Sure, Coach Speak um, to us is very very deceptive of whatever's going on in the background too. So always keep that in mind. It is lying season. And mm-hmm. we don't know. Like they will probably, uh, they will probably do a very professional like performance review of everybody, and you know give honest feedback. That Ugh. probably will happen. It happens it's in January. a lot of football it's, teams. So it's performance review season, Hell, man. You just hells yes, it is. <laughs> All right, we're on to Discord questions. Starting with <laughs> Loco Pabs. Also, by the way, I want to shout out to Loco Pabs. He is active in the Discord sure and is. like semi moderates the question. Like, thank you. <laughs> oh, okay, so he's moderating here, and Jonathan Deal, uh, his first question is, yeah, I have a question. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> also, there were four 100 emoji and five this reacts to that, and yes. we have maybe 10 active users in the Discord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, also, the lack of discipline gets me. Do the Packers have a head coaching issue, defensive coaching issue, drafting idiots issue, lack of veteran leadership issue? I can think of several unnecessary roughness penalties off the top of my head. Quay getting kicked out twice, his sumo slam last week, Rudy Ford late hit versus L.A., Razul's 15-yarder, Jair's lucky he hasn't gotten a taunting penalty, <laughs> etc., etc. Um, They are allowed to be their own personalities, which, you know, it's... It's it's a rock and a hard place because if you're a coach, you you know you get criticized if you're not letting guys be their own personalities. Yep. That comes back to bite you. And then at the same time, you're seen as like letting you know letting the inmates run the asylum if you're not if, right, if things like this happen. They were none the way, of these. They were none third, of these complaints happened. They were third Sorry. on the season in um unsportsmanlike conduct penalties in the NFL. That's a lot. That's a lot. None yeah. of these complaints come from the offense. Every single one of those is a defensive player. Yeah. Also true. By the way, Matt, is this uh, also misspelled or is it a guy named? No, Alvo? it's a guy named Alvo. Okay. So it was a different person than John. <laughs> oh, that was Alvo. Sorry. I thought it was an also. Just want to make so. sure Alvo gets credit for, for the question. It's All a good right. question. Um, yeah. I, I just, I just keep coming back to, I hate Joe Barry. So I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> but I mean, it, you know, like let's not pretend Matt LaFleur isn't involved in some of the defensive discussions. Here. Especially on discipline. Right. I don't um, know, man. Joe Barry caused polio. Joe Barry. <laughs> that's in my head. Like everything is his fault. Well, fine. But we don't actually know that, especially in this case. Yeah, All right. See, Hutler, I woke up in the middle of the night with a recurring nightmare of seeing them trying to run Dylan out of shotgun instead of under center. <laughs> Why did they revert to plays that have shown themselves not to work all season? Or is my perception memory off here? Get out of my head. A response from Loco Pabs is, so Dylan out of shotgun, 2022 play-by-play data shows that being run 104 times, total EPA 3.785. I think that's okay at best. 0.03 EPA play is around Dallas's offense overall efficiency. Success rate is just under 50%. Guessing this is based on football outsiders, 50% on first down, 70% on second down, 100% on third and fourth down. Dylan not out of shotgun, 82 plays, 
37 out of 82 success rate, 1.506 EPA total. Negative. Negative, negative, negative 1.506 negative. EPA total. Yeesh. So local Pab's point being that Dylan was actually worse under center than out of shotgun, which is true. Um, however, the math does change down by the goal line for one very important reason, which is uh, when you run out of shotgun anywhere else, you're usually facing lighter boxes because you're in shotgun and you have to have DBs there. With the field contracted, you get way more heavy defense uh, out of those shotgun runs down by the goal line. They become far less successful. And yeah, Dylan not working under center is bad for other reasons. Like you should be more effective from under center. Most running backs are uh, in a neutral situation. He was atrocious. He did not hit holes well this year. Hmm. But yeah, so I just, I wanted to wait. I didn't want to spoil that yeah. fun little tidbit for you guys. Yep. That Dylan was by the numbers better out of shotgun. I, I Has been all year. This. Yep. John Ramos, MTG. Y'all ready for a third and Barry next year? Heck yeah. Oh. Let's do it. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> Coffee addict. With Matt LaFleur intending to keep Barry around, do you guys think that the strong sense of loyalty that seems to define this team will also lead to stagnation? Maybe yes. Um, I do think that you run a risk of that when you don't honestly assess the people around you. I think um, you know we were... Last year, spent a lot of time saying, Mo Drayton's bad. Fix this now. It's going to cost you. And it did. That's the kind of stagnation that can happen when you do that. Now, that's an extreme case. Um, but you should always be looking to improve. And if you don't think that Joe Barry is average at best as a defensive coordinator, yeah, he'll stagnate after a while. He'll get figured out. He'll be not creative enough to even manage what he did this season, which was a very modest accomplishment. Um, and loyalty can do that in certain instances. There are... There's a place where loyalty can help you on sort of day in, day out, executing, getting guys to go through their drills, to be precise, to not commit penalties, stuff like that. Um, you know, basically your military guys, that's fine, but you need your creatives too. And Joe's not that. So yeah, stagnation comes from that side of the coin. Lambo Baggins. That's, a great <laughs> that's good. Well done. Did the do the Packers actually have a good offensive line? I feel like every year we hear about the depth and quality and the ranking sites seem to back it up. But come big game time, they seem to get shredded and wilt into a liability. It's good, um, but it's not great this year. Last year, it was injuries. Last year, it was really picking on a dude, and uh, that was a problem. This year, they did run into, I think, a very specific problem, which is two of their tackles, Zach Tom and Yosh Nyman. Uh, Yosh Nyman, I will get this right one day. Um are quite light. And against most edge rushers, their athletic ability does pretty well to win those battles most of the time. Um, against Aiden Hutchinson specifically, this becomes a problem because he is quite large for an edge rusher. He is 265, 270, but moves like a much smaller man. He is power and speed combined. Yeah, he's he's a speed to power bull rusher yep. and a 260-pound tackle can't take it. That is correct. So... Uh, this was a bad matchup for the Packers on the offensive line, uh, but the fact that they are prone to those bad matchups isn't great. Um, I think that an offseason in the weight room for Zach Tom might do him a world of good. There's still there's still projection in that frame, and that's fine. Yash kind of yeah, did it again. I'm such an asshole. I need to I, I need a, I need a Yosh swear jar on my desk. Okay, if you put an I at the end of I his first name. I understand. Uh, like his yes. name is Yoshi uh -huh. without an I. Like how? Just remember it that way. It's it's just how I read it for so long. But um, <laughs> he is what he is, and he is a good athletic tackle who is prone to bull rushing. So 
they're an off- they're a good offensive line that has some flaws, and that's what they will probably continue to be for a while. I thought it was Yash. Is it? Am I wrong? Are we sure it's Yosh? Did I actually correct myself for being right? Okay, we we just go back first to name rhymes with Josh. Josh. That's right. So it is Yash. Okay, right. Yash. Yash. So the definitive thing is just go back and watch the the Talking Head intros because he says his name. Okay. On, on the broadcast this do, week, I should do that sometime. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good Talking Head intros this week. Um. Highly recommend going back and watching those, specifically Jamal Williams. I did not see them. I was freezing. That's, that's your. That's everybody's. Everybody's uh, homework for the week. Go back and watch the talking head intros from the game. They are very good on both sides of the ball for both teams. Jamal Williams, man, what a what a, what a what an awesome guy. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he broke he broke Barry Sanders' touchdown record. Yeah, I don't care about that. That's like Willie Adamas <laughs> breaking the shortstop home run record for the Milwaukee Brewers. No, that. It well, kind of is because Barry was not good at scoring touchdowns. It was one of the things he was worst at. Yeah, uh, but like just the emotion that guy brings, the joy that guy brings. We saw it with the Packers. We we saw it here with the Lions. It's it's easy to feel really good for him. I mean, obviously, <laughs> no one's going to the playoffs out of the, out of this group, but still, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see him see him so happy. Yep, agreed. Everybody likes Jamal Williams, so yep. good to see him and win. He- you talked about hard knocks earlier the year in the year. I mean, he really gave that really emotional speech about how disappointing last season was. And I, I shit, this team is the team to beat Detroit next year. Like I'm sure Minnesota will still have something to say about that, but this is going to be a really tough challenge going forward for the green Bay Packers. Yeah. They're, they're in a good, good spot. Lions have done a nice job. They have a good foundation and they, they have a good, good, uh, strong draft potential coming up too. Yep. For sure. For sure. All right, we've done it all. We've read all the questions. I don't know. You guys want to make some picks or some shit? Like who's going to win the Super Bowl? I don't know. Nah. <laughs> I, I think Buffalo. I actually I think I'm going to take the Chiefs there. I think on a different level offensively, and I think it'll be against the 49ers and be kind of a boring for that reason. Yeah, it's going to be TCU Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would be, that would be awful. Uh. I don't yeah. know, man. Like a sixty-five to seven Super Bowl, I would love the hell out of that. It used to happen a lot in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Seattle versus Denver. Oh, that that was so, watching that in Denver territory in in the house of a Denver super fan. Oh my god, you could cut the tension with a knife and spread it on toast. It was delicious. That is delicious. <laughs> uh all right, that's it. I don't know. I think. Is this is this the end of the podcast forever, or at least for a few weeks? Forever? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> Jay, are you leaving us? Um, uh, yeah, we're out. Brooke for a while. is out of the country for the next. Well, I mean, the season's over. We'll probably take. We'll probably take some time off. We'll probably do like a season wrap up thing at some point during the playoffs. But yeah, you know, um, we don't we don't do shows if there's nothing to talk about. So um, that is our mo here. I do too many podcasts already. I need time off. Um, yeah, so that's it. Um, a- anybody have? plugs or anything else to do before we go away this offseason i'm gonna finish that goddamn vr game. oh jeez, just give it up man <laughs> no, but here's doing? the thing there's, there's reason now there's like the delusions of grandeur right the packers are eliminated from the playoffs so i'm gonna take take fart mcduty to Jeez. the <laughs> to the promised land okay he's gonna win mvp and super bowl mvp in the same year i'm gonna do it fair enough oh by the way some random dude found a month's old tweet where I was criticizing the game and was like, come on, man, give them time to patch it. And this is their first time and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, 
no. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> why are you searching for this ancient tweet that got like a thousand views? And second of all, you are the number one best-selling game on Oculus. Me saying that the game sucks is not going to change things. Mm. All right, what do I got here at JSOnline.com? You know, it's it's telling how this season went that the Wisconsin Badgers had a pretty bad year and somehow still managed to be the most exciting Wisconsin football team in the winter months, in the fall and winter, given the, the machinations at the head coaching level, firing their coach, not hiring Jim Leonard, getting Luke Fickle, and now they're making a ton of additions to their roster through the transfer portal. Uh, they had a couple more today as we record this. So we'll have we have a lot of that stuff at jsonline.com. I'm doing a full list, running list of the transfers. Uh, and then also Troy Vincent was added to the uh, to the College Football Hall of Fame, former Badgers cornerback. He was Ooh. inducted into the 2020. It's wild because the you they get named here in January. The the induction banquet is in freaking December. Whoa. So like that's crazy. Have, <laughs> right. I don't know what what's up with that, but there's a long period of time where he'll wait before official induction, but he's in. So I made a list of all of the people in Wisconsin football, and including all the people who eventually became Green Bay Packers that are in the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, it is a long list. It is a lot of names that you would not expect. Many names you probably never heard before. Some names you maybe have. Um, I, re I regret doing this. It was... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that should be posting soon. If it'll probably be posting uh, early Wednesday morning, so if you're hearing this, it's probably uh, probably already up. But uh, you're the personified version of that Arrested Development, Jeff. Like I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, like you get into it, it's like, oh, this guy played for the Packers for a year, so I'll write him down, and I'll write this person down because they were an assistant coach for the Packers, and then it's like, oh my God, there's so many randos. There's so many randos who played in the 30s and the 20s, and not the 20s so much, but the 30s and 40s, and guys, I just like I do not know who these people are. Never heard you know, of them. like. Dick Jerron, former, obviously, NFL head coach, but a former Packers assistant, college football Hall of Famer. Who knew? Had I no had no idea. Playing at Yale. He was a college Dick football Dick Jerron went to Yale? Famer. He always For seems real. so stupid. Now, he's <laughs> not stupid. How big, how big is a college football Hall of Fame? Like it is immense. <laughs> it, is it? Is it really just like a hall of very good? I don't. Well, I mean. How do we tell? I mean, like when you when every person only has four to five years to really leave a mark. I don't know how you can ever have enough data to say whether they're not Hall of Very Good. Yeah. If you're a two-time All-American offensive guard, for example, boom, College Football Hall of Fame. Because <laughs> how could you do better really than elite. that? Yeah. You can't, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and it's such a weird subset because most of these people played four or five years, which obviously was much more common than it is now. But, like, the very greatest players in college football or in uh, the NFL today did not stay four years in college. They are not going to be College Football Hall of Famers. They barely did anything in college. So you're talking about people that are like, kind of good in the nfl obviously there's many hall of famers on this list too but it's a wild wild list <laughs> of uh just sort of goods and has-beens and you know, aaron, so weird man aaron taylor the guy who drafted by the packers in the first round notre dame offensive lineman college football hall of famer i was that. inducted in 2021 aaron taylor was awesome he deserves it yeah. Are there any pro football Hall of Famers that aren't college football Hall of Famers? Oh, I'm sure oh, there are tons. Oh, absolutely. Mike Webster, one off the top of my head, was is not a college football Hall of Famer uh, and is considered maybe the greatest center who ever lived. So, uh, yeah, tons and tons of guys who are not college football Hall of Famers. Who you should write about that. J.J. <laughs> <laughs> Watt, who we've written a lot about, whose, whose career is now over. J.J. Watt, not obviously, is somebody who played a short time, uh, did not play full four years, not a college football Hall of Famer. All right. Joe Thomas is, though. Well, yeah. Yeah, he played four years. He did. Also, JR 
if the people want to hear your voice while we're not doing this podcast, they can hear you on a couple others. That's true. We've got Point Forward podcast, Milwaukee Bucks podcast from the Journal Sentinel that lands on Tuesdays. Didn't do one this week. Uh, just taking the week off, but uh, we'll be back. And the Milwaukee Brewers podcast, which kind of right now, Microbrew is what that one is called. We we show up every once in a while, but we will be showing up more than once in a while when the season gets rolling, which will be, you know, late February, early March. We'll start uh, start hitting, hitting, hitting the road on that one. Which so, is uh, also quite good, and we love Kurt as well. So Yes, Kurt Hogue, my, my co-host. Quite awesome. And Jim Ozarski with the Bucks. Yeah. All, All right. right, that's enough. I have nothing more. That's it. All right. Um, I, I wrapped up my Shepherd coverage and turned in my column, so go read that. Uh, it is draft season for me. Actually, it's time off season for me to do nothing for a while. Then it's draft season for me, so I'll have my college stats coming up soon. I already ran ROPS, and I ran QBOPS, and I'm going to invent ROBA, although I don't got to figure out a better name for it. That's not great. Um, but uh, there'll be football coverage. There'll be all kinds of other stuff, and we'll probably do a wrap-up show sometime, too. So, um, you know, I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the season. Thank you again all for listening, for being patrons, if you're patrons, uh, for all your questions. We really do appreciate it. It's a fun time, and uh, hopefully Somewhere next year will be better than this year, worse. or at least more interesting. <laughs> but enjoy the playoffs. I'll blow up into smithereens and spew my tiny symphony all up and down a city street while trying to put my mind at ease like finishing this melody. This feels like a necessity, so this could be the death of me or maybe just a better me. Now come in with the symphonies and take a shot at Hennessy.